Best friend hood. Best friend. 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 You're my best friend. You're my best friend. Best friend hood. Old lady noises. I'm a gymnast. It is all bueno. Todo bueno. Muy bien. Gracias. De nada. ¿Tú hablas español? Muy pequeño. Oh, same. Yeah. <laughs> and we will not be switching into Spanish for our podcast. Sorry to our Spanish-speaking listeners. Está Jake. Y está Melissa. Y... <laughs> y estu... <laughs> No. Nope. <laughs> and best friend hood. Best friend hood. Oh, we need to get practice at that. I do. The animal hood. No, mm. I don't know what best is. That's just good friend hood. Yeah, I can't remember. I used to know it. God, I'm so out of practice. This is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Indeed. So. Here we are again. Indeed. Indeed. Relax. Don't, Don't do, do it. Man, a homo, a homo. Please do not DNC us. Um, I was reading about parody law. I think as long as we switch the words around a little bit, we're oh, fine. Like Weird Al Yankovic's entire career? His entire catalog? Yes. Terrific. That was my first concert I ever went to. Oh, I think you've talked about that before, actually. I think that I have as yeah. well. Yeah. I remember listening to him when I was like 13 and being like, what is this? I didn't understand because I had no exposure to the real world. I didn't understand that they were covers. I thought that those were the actual songs. So then oh, years later, I heard like... The real um, one? The Weird Al Yankovic version is Rocky Road. I want to say it's parodying a Michael Jackson song, maybe? Just eat it. Oh. Uh, yeah. So that would be, yeah, eat uh, it. And it's supposed to be beat, beat it. it. Yes. When I heard Michael the Michael Jackson. Jackson version, I was like, oh my God, somebody changed the words. <laughs> Michael Jackson knows Weird Al? <laughs> How strange. I was so confused. <laughs> oh, poor sweet, naive little child me. Bless you. Back in the days when there was no stress. Untrue. Oh, uh, that's fair. Life was stressful as a 13-year-old. I believe that. Ugh. I know for me it was too, but so my thought, like what cued me that I needed to text you and say, hey, do you want to randomly get together tonight and record a podcast? Mm -hmm. And you said, sure. And I, and I proffered the idea of how about we talk about stress? Yep. Something said, yes. that is so a part of every human's day forever and ever. Amen. Oh, <laughs> I was just going to say, amen. Uh, yeah. Is I had a, an interaction today, which was outside of my normal day job. Mm -hmm. And it's my responsibility to take care of mm -hmm. this group of people. Mm -hmm. So when I got this phone call that I had missed and subsequent voicemail, and I listened to it, and I automatically went into overdrive of like okay i need to do some things i need to get some stuff figured out and i need to conquer some stuff mm -hmm. 
and not knowing how to immediately do that is already a bit of a stressor for me. Like right. I know that it's my job to do this. I have what my job is is to take care of the person who just called me, right? Mm-hmm. How can I make sure that's done? Most of that is out of my hands, but I can start the ball rolling. Yeah, and yeah. get some things moving and a grooving. But once that ball gets started, it can go off on any wild trail that the Ooh, downhill yeah. may have, right? So then in my brain, I am already wheeling with all of these possible outcomes and things that I believe should be happening, but I don't have any control over mm-hmm. or even means of without becoming absolutely too ensconced and uh intrusive and stepping onto other people's toes sure yeah i was getting stressed basically long story shorter i felt stressed and in that moment like when you're in that high stress mode and you i find myself unable to look outside of that bubble at the moment right mm-hmm. and the It's like you're in a hall of mirrors and all you can see is the problem reflected back at you no matter where you look. Yes. And the the thing that brought that to my attention or brought me out of that bubble was when I got a response back from somebody and I realized that in my response to this person, I just went on this diluge of things that were happening concurrently in my brain. (laughs) And I went, oh, wow. When I type it out, I seem extraordinarily unable to deal with the situation because it's really what my stream of consciousness was, right? Mm -hmm. So as soon as I was able to share what was going through my brain with somebody else, I went, oh, wow. I was stressed. Mm -hmm. I was in a moment of stress. Yeah. And I don't like, hmm, I don't want to say that. I want to get better at the way I act in a stressful situation. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Because I found that when I was speaking with this person who had called me, when I called them back. The original person that had the problem? Correct. Okay. That my speech pattern was rather quick and I would like it to be slower. Mm-hmm. And I found that the tone that I was speaking in Because it was a little bit faster, it was a little bit panicked, the tone was higher than I would have liked. Because what I wanted to do for that person was to exude a sense of confidence, calm, and understanding. Mm -hmm. And I realized that when I'm stressed, I tend to speak quickly at a higher pitch. And I do not exude the confidence, calm, and understanding that I'm trying to impart not only onto and with that person but also truly for myself right yeah literally trying to calm myself down yeah and realize that make it essentially but it's not even faking it it's realizing that the way that i handle a situation is one third of getting a situation taken care of fair i see your point so that's what spurred this whole idea when i text you i'm like let's talk about stress baby (laughs) i'm getting real sweaty it's funny. So, yeah, because today is not our normal recording day. No. And um, I just happened to look at my phone between sessions and saw that and went, yep, 
I'm already in it. Might as well continue this with you because most of my sessions that I had with my clients today revolved around exactly what you're describing, our automatic stress response. And I don't mean stress in like the pathological sense of like a trauma is considered an intense stressor, right? Like the brain and the body respond to intense stressors intensely. And that's where we get trauma. But when we are managing just day-to-day life and the stressors that come from that, that affects our well-being. It affects our beliefs about ourselves. It affects, I mean, so much. And so as part of my work as a therapist, it's okay. So we're big picture talking about anxiety or depression or trauma. But every now and then we have a day where things are just on fire and we really just need to focus on, okay, how do you manage stress in a really effective way, in a way that suits you mm-hmm. and your values and your personality type? So how do we do that? What do we do with all of those different factors? Because we all respond kind of differently. Oh, for sure. And it's not one memes version of how you should do it. Right. Oh, no. Sit that's... still out in nature for 10 minutes or Ugh. sit in a dark room and breathe deep for a while or draw on a notebook and mm-hmm. figure out what it is that you're really trying to say to yourself. Like There are so many different things out there that are supposed to be like mm-hmm. the prescription for your stress. And those are all totally valid. They're valid ideas. And we know that mindfulness, so those activities fall under the umbrella of mindfulness. We What we know about the brain is that mindfulness, being attuned to what's happening to you emotionally and physically in the moment, and spending that time just kind of with yourself introspectively, whether it's drawing, meditating, listening to music that calms you, all of those things that seem very kind of hokey when you're in the middle of a really stressful situation, long term, those change how your body responds to stress. They lower your cortisol levels, they lower your what we call the state functioning. Essentially, it allows your nervous system to just ease up a little bit, takes the foot off the gas just a little bit. So long-term stress is really affected by mindfulness practices. But when you're in the moment and shit's going wrong and, you know, the bathroom's on fire, the fire hose out front is, or the fire hydrant has exploded. There's a tornado one house away. Right. And your dog is just shit right underneath your foot. You can't stop and meditate and listen to some calming music. And what you can do is take a few deep, slow breaths to kind of center yourself and then take a step forward. I, I thought you were like, going to say, take a few bottles out of your liquor cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Please continue because yes, you're saying some really that. meaningful and thoughtful things. Um, yeah, but it's such a, that's such a reductive way of looking at stress responses. When I see those memes, that's the first thing I think is like, yes, but, or yes, and, and. Mm. that's not going to be effective in a crisis like people need to be taught because our we don't come just hardwired with an ability to manage manage stress that's not our nature no our stress has kept us alive the cortisol that gets released in the brain and activates like the sweaty armpits and and the pupils dilating and your breathing getting more shallow that's your body preparing for evolutionarily what was a stressor was i am in a terrible situation that I need my body to respond a certain way so that I can survive this terrible situation. Today, those situations still occur and your body responds in those ways 
and sometimes it's well warranted. If there's a car speeding down the street and you are getting ready to go through the green light, if you catch that out of your peripheral vision and you just sort of react, that's your brain responding to a stressor. It also could be. In the way be. that it's supposed to, like your reflexes are heightened, it responds faster than you can think because you know what to do in that situation. You tap, you put the brakes on, you see that car, you put the brakes on, you freeze, you take some deep breaths and calm yourself down. When it's not a speeding car though. Because it could be your coworker who slammed a door and starts yelling at the copier. It could be mm-hmm. that you received a bill the day that it's due. You know, right. these things that are still fucking stressors. They're stressors, but the body is really bad at differentiating mm-hmm. life and death stressor and inconvenient or in the moment difficult, but ultimately not going to kill you stressors. Yes. In the moment, getting a bill the day it's due is not going to kill you. Right. True. Hopefully. True. Because if that bill starts to animate itself like a howler from Harry Potter, run, 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 (laughs) run, 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 run. Get the hell out. I was imagining before you said like a howler, I was imagining like the Bill of Rights from. um, Oh. (laughs) What is uh, Schoolhouse Rock? I was just going to sing Conjunction Junction. (laughs) What's your fault? I was picturing like that bill where it has like Bill written on its forehead, essentially like the top of the paper. That's what I saw. Like, oh, yeah. That would be creepy. too. That's terrifying. Yes. An animated, inanimated object. Nope. That's a stressor for another day. Correct. Oh, Jake. What? I just wanted people to know. You are older. I am. You were working today. Oh, God. Did you guys know (laughs) that (laughs) therapy is not a contact sport, right? Jacob hurt himself at work today. (laughs) I text one of my friends and I said, I hurt myself in session. And he just responded, what? And so I responded, I injured my own body while providing therapeutic services to a client. And he went, mm-hmm. <laughs> and <What?"> more? <laughs> <laughs> I was leaning forward with like my elbows on my knees in my chair, very active listening, you know, reflecting back what I was hearing. We were kind of in an emotional high point of the session, and then the high point was crested, and and the conversation was kind of easing. So I took a deep breath, and I leaned back. As I leaned back, I heard and felt a muscle pop. I Like, I don't know what word to use to describe it. It went... And it was like between my spine, and you can cut that if you need to. No, I mean, that sound is everything it was between my spine and my shoulder blade it was like the opposite of when you're getting a massage and a knot finally releases it was like a knot decided to be burst into existence in that moment and i went your back (gasps) your back released the kraken it sure did to the point that it took me several minutes of apologizing and like breathing and telling my client like i'm really sorry this has never happened before so he was very understanding um And then as we were leaving the session, I was like, well, you know, we talked about what your main takeaway is from today, but you also have another takeaway that sometimes therapists get hurt in session. And he laughed and like, well, at least you laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, I still feel it. So, hi, old. (laughs) (laughs) Delete it, old. Oh, boy. I want to go back to it. So talking about bodies and body responses. Yes. One, I think probably 
muscle tightness, like clenching muscles is probably one of my tells that I'm stressed that I need to pay more attention to. Like I know I clench my jaw and my face hurts. That's usually like my first indicator of like, oh, I'm I'm getting stressed is when I feel like the jawbone like by your ear, when I feel pain and tightness there, I'm like, okay, I need to stop grinding mm-hmm. my teeth. Yes. Um, but to rewind even further to what you said, when your body responds in that way, Obviously, stress response, yada, yada, yada. But the pitch, you talked about how your your yes. like your actual vocal pitch mm-hmm. went into a, like a higher register almost. Do you want to know why that happens? I can feel it in my neck. It's because it's tense. Yeah. Because mine is my shoulders and my neck as well. Yeah. And there's there's a reason for that too. Like a psychological, we don't even realize that it's happening. May I take a guess? Yes. So higher pitched noises Mm -hmm. i know that when women are around men that they find attractive some women choose to move up a little bit higher in their register because that can be uh, considered attractive Mm -hmm. and things that are young vulnerable and need help are in that higher Mm -hmm. register Mm -hmm. is it on that lines absolutely so when we're in a situation like that where we're afraid of a confrontation or a confrontation is actually happening very naturally our voices will shift from a lower tone which can be very calming and soothing at times or or authoritarian and combative exactly yeah so a lot of people will actually unintentionally without really even knowing what muscles to control frankly go into that higher tone as a way to non-verbally indicate that i'm not a threat exactly exactly i'm not a threat i'm not a threatening being here i can see you're upset i'm talking up here because i'm i'm making myself seem less intimidating and less attached to the problem it's this is something i learned in flight attendant training not anything to do with psychology you know what i've actually done years of study for but when we're in our customer service mode that's why we kind of we all have a customer service voice for those of us that have worked in customer service retail whatever because we're unintentionally that knowing that we want to come across a certain way as non-combative non-threatening and willing to uh, work together that's just something that our bodies do to convey that intention that matches our words probably matches a softening of the small muscles around your eyes probably matches a small like relaxation in your like cheek muscles like there's a whole lot of stuff happening that you don't even feel or have awareness of typically how it happens and that's why it's evolution yeah it's like how baby birds know that i guess i'll jump out of this nest now because flying oh something gosh. that i can do right yeah you know or yeah. how a, it's instinct a baby a foal knows that it needs to stand up and start walking mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like it's something that is so instinctual yep for us that's literally how we've yeah evolved yeah i think that's so fascinating so we've evolved that way which is still i mean prevalent and useful Mm -hmm. but stressors for say getting a bill on the same day and the reason why this keeps coming up is because our home security bill literally Mm -hmm. showed up today and it's due today not a big deal no but it's also like the principle of the thing like how is someone supposed to... Oh, you expect me to be on time and scheduled with my payments when you can't even be on time and scheduling with your billing? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's going to come every month and it's almost a joke now that, I, you know, like I'm right. expecting it to come on the day that it's due. Yeah. It's a joke now. 
like finances aren't funny no and you're messing with that yeah my dude how are people are mm -hmm. how are people supposed to plan and budget accordingly mm -hmm. yeah that that's not okay Oh, man, I was just about to lead us into a, a rabbit hole about how that is a stressor for a lot of people. Financial insecurity. Of course. Oh, oh my, gosh. my God. Yeah. If we want to get. No, we want to be a light. Mm -hmm. We want to be a respite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we could get into the injustices that there are. Hell yeah. We when could. it comes to so many stressors that people face and it's their daily living. Mm -hmm. And it is something that we cannot fathom, something that to overcome the hardships that are their daily existence, we have trouble figuring out how we would make it work. Right. And they're just expected to make it work. Yeah, it's true. You're right. That's that's a that's a podcast for another day, I think. Yeah. Um sorry, I have to move. Oh. Yeah. I know old. No, just because my my foot was getting it was falling asleep because I was sitting on it. Mhm. Mm um but you. I would, I know, I love you. Sorry, just giving you snark. <laughs> I know, I love it. But I do want to talk about perhaps how you and I hmm. deal with mm -hmm. stress mm -hmm. in our lives personally, since we've shared moments where we know, oh, and you talked about grinding your teeth. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you, what are your tells? Before we go into that, what are oh. your tells? Like, how do you recognize, like... My brain whirls, dude. It's like... um I'm pretty mind-wise, mind-thought-pattern-wise, pretty even-keel person. But when I am stressed, it is like a slug who has just came across an eight ball of cocaine, slimed their way through it all in five seconds, and is just going, like moving so quickly and sliming all over. And it's that's my brain when I am stressed. And also, it's always so negative. And I feel hmm. like I feel when I'm stressed, I feel I feel like this. Like an emotional weight or burden? It feel it's, yes, emotional, but it's almost physical. The weight that I feel pushing down on the top of my head. Like, That's where it you hold feels it. physical. It probably is. And I feel kind of uh, not nauseous, but a knot in my stomach, mm -hmm. if you will. And weak. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a very like physically strong person. Yeah. I feel weak and sad. Hmm. That's like overall, like in the biggest moments of stress, that's what I feel. Through day-to-day -day stress, I just feel super surface level agitated. Irritability, very common as yes. well. Yep. Um, Sorry, and, agitated is a fine word. I don't know why I replaced it. Go on. Well, it's another way to describe it. Mm -hmm. And you saw me searching. You, I was doing my hand. You guys can hear this. This is me when I'm searching for words. Um, but yeah, like basically it's in my brain. And I just, I can't find a solid thought line that is continuous mm -hmm. and constructive. Mm -hmm. When I'm stressed, my brain is everywhere. And it's always negative, hmm. usually negative. I think there might be like little tiny sparks of positive in there, but it's Much usually more than you typically are always going towards the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. Catastrophizing yeah. is what I would call that in a therapy session. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are my stressors. But I will say there's only been one point in my life when I was so 
absolutely stressed. And it wasn't in my brain. My thought patterns mm. were pretty normal. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel it. But apparently, I started grinding my teeth at night. Oh, my God. And husband went, I don't know what's going on with you. It is the absolute worst sound I have ever heard in my life. And you've been doing it for like the past week and a half. Are you okay? And then he Mm. just reiterated, it is the most horrible sound I've ever heard. Somebody literally just grinding their teeth together all night long. So it was about five years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can understand where I'm going with that. And uh, yeah, a big change in my life, a threat of losing my job Mm -hmm. and a lot of people's perceptions of me being brought to my face and not all of them great. Right. So yeah, researched night guards. After that moment passed, I stopped grinding my teeth. It is a stress response. Ooh, yeah, it, it sure is a stress is. response. And honestly, like when I would wake up, it felt like I punched myself in both sides of my face because mm-hmm. my jaw was so tired. Yep, I didn't even know I was doing it. Right. Can you imagine? Like, I wake myself up if I fart or snore too loud. <laughs> I know. Grinding but my to own go teeth. That. Yeah, the sound of it, plus the feel of it, plus the tension, like that is... That's a messed up thing. <laughs> it, honestly, I often ask my dentist, like, my dentist keeps track because she knows that mm-hmm. I clench my jaw during the day. And I'm always worried because my little brother, we used to share a bedroom, we had bunk beds, and yeah. he would wake me up grinding his teeth. Oh, he was like goodness. six, I'm like, what the hell are you stressed about? No, I know. Um, but he would wake me up grinding his teeth so I've always been like kind of hyper vigilant of whether or not I do that. So I don't think I do that, but I I know like I feel that right now, right here. Mm-hmm. Like we're where like my jaw where you, if you meets, eat sour candy, it's here too. Yeah, yeah, it's like that tingly part, kind of at the back of your your jawbone. Yeah. Well, to me, it's tingly when that you eat muscly, sour. That muscly, that muscly part, right where mm-hmm. you it feel the bone. So tight, and it it's just so like. I'm sure my colleagues, when they come in and visit or I go visit them in their office, I rub my cheek, like my jaw, all the time because it just hurts. And I know I'm not clenching during session. Like I'm so attuned and so mindful to myself. Show and relaxation. Exactly. Yeah. That I, th- I wonder, like I have a theory that because I'm so... As soon as you're done performing... Yeah, you exactly. take over. Yes, yeah, yes. That could very well be, babe. I don't know. So that makes sense. I know that's one of my tells too. I don't know if it's grinding my teeth at night, but I know that pain that you're talking about, like for sure. Mm-hmm. One of my other tells is I start craving lots of salty food. Oh, that's just me about getting ready for my period. See, like savory, like. Oh, God, anything savory, salty, chips and salsa, chips and guac, whatever. Like, I'll have that in the house and, like, here and there through the week or two, I'll go through a yeah, bag of I chips or something. Yeah, I that sounds like, kind of nice. Yeah, sure. Like, okay, I had, I'll have a few chips after supper or whatever. When I am stressed, it is a whole bag of chips, a whole jar of salsa, maybe another bag that I've started it on in, like, 24 to 48 hours, sometimes less. Going through grad school, I went, I ate so much, so many chips and salsa. Snack cakes for me. Just all the time. 
And now, like, I recognize, oh, that's how I gained so much weight in graduate school. I was just stress eating chips and salsa for three years. That's not even the worst thing you could have been stress eating. Oh, I know. That was a very intentional choice. Like, (laughs) there was a lot of other stuff that I wanted to be stress eating. Yeah. I once told my therapist, and this is why I told her about it, I went to McDonald's three times in one night, dead sober, working on a paper, went and got a hamburger, went back like an hour or two later for a whole lot of fries and chicken nuggets, went back again for another burger because I was just like, ah, give me all of the junk. Like, I don't know how I didn't have a heart and attack. Anything comfort. Night. Isn't that wild that in these moments of stress, these extraordinary eating moments don't trigger our past eating disorders? Oh my God, I hadn't even thought about that. It just hit my brain. That's when my arm went straight up. I went, hold on. Something just connected in my brain. Because in these moments of stress, like usually it's a different, it must be a different kind of stress because I know I was stressed while while I had my eating disorder, right? But it was a different kind of stress that was a a self, I guess all stress is self-imposed really. But it was a different kind of self-imposed stress to where, Yeah. but I hear you when you're talking about eating these bin, big bingy like, literally binge eating yes meals but it was for comfort yeah and there wasn't an eating eating disorder reaction afterward correct it was now, literally comfort binge eating disorder is it's is own a eating disorder. disorder correct but but this wasn't binge eating disorder this was truly like stress eating. episodic stress eating yes. like there's no way i would have met criteria by any means like therapist brain but yeah, I talked to my therapist about that because I'm like, what is going on? Like, this happened like the night before my session with her. And so we spent the whole session talking Breaking it about down. Yeah. Like, yeah. what was going on? Like, let's do a play by play. And it was, I think, my first or second semester. It must have been my second semester because that was really hard. Um, I had a very challenging class that semester. And yeah, I was working on an assignment for this incredibly difficult class. And just, like, didn't want to drink. Like, I didn't want to drink wine or any booze, really, because, I mean, I was on a big wine kick, too, during grad school. Well, that wouldn't have allowed you to keep working, and you knew that you needed to keep working. And I had two jobs at the time, too. Like, I had to work, like, a 12- or 14-hour day the next day. Like, So food became the cure, like, the, the comfort, like you said. Something interesting, going back to evolutionary, evolutionary responses... When are you safe? While you can. Or. Oh, I see what you're saying. When are you safe? Sure. Animals in the wild aren't going to sit and eat something if they if they're unsafe. Are unsafe. They will so run. So a way that we can regulate our body is to to make us that's think why people, we're safe. Yeah, that's why people will say, "Oh man, do you want to drink a water?" Like maybe you just need to drink water when people are really upset. Like it feels very condescending and patronizing, but realistically taking a pause from a, an intense situation to eat a little snack, have a drink of water, like that literally, one, satisfies those physical needs. Two, sends signals to the nervous system that, oh, hang on, evolutionary, like lower part of the brain that de- developed first, we're safe. Look, we're eating and drinking water. We wouldn't be doing this if we were safe. Let's bring that down a notch. I suspect maybe that's why comfort food is a, th- or uh, stress eating is a thing. I don't have any science to back that up but knowing what i know about the brain and the body and food i i believe i'm correct i think stress eating is you know a mode to help find any of that oxytocin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that yeah we, like i love ice cream i know when i eat ice cream <laughs> i feel happy yep also sugar makes me happy 
Speaking of food making you happy, did you know that cheese... Is addictive? It's literally addictive. It has oh, a, yeah. a chemical in it. Girl, I've K- been done know this. But it, it activates dopamine. It's like its own little bloop of an antidepressant when you eat cheese. And it was an accident. It's <sighs> mold. <laughs> but let me tell you, I'm about to shove that mold. I think that's why I grieved cheese more intensely and longer than any other food when I got my diagnosis with my allergies. I wholeheartedly understand that. I still sneak cheese. Like, there are some I can safely eat, but I still sneak. Yeah. With Benadryl and EpiPens at hand. And at least a text message to let me know that you're attempting it. I'm eating a five-pound block of cheese. I'm going to have some Harvati. I might (laughs) Harvati you later. (laughs) That didn't work well. Uh, It took me a second, but that was good. Yeah. I do love Havarti. Hey. It's really good for grilled cheese. Yeah? It's so melty. Anyway, hey, what? I still want to try making one of those grilled cheese sandwiches where the outside of your grilled cheese is just more grilled cheese. Have you seen those? They take forever to make, but they look amazeballs. I can imagine that they would have to take a long time because... You have to slow roll that cheese. Right, on the outside. Yeah, to allow the middle to slowly get to melty cheese oh, mode oh my god that sounds amazing yeah sorry oh you... no we're doing it oh what this oh. weekend well okay so are we bringing emodium your EpiPen, and benadryl <laughs> over no i'll just get some jacob friendly cheese and gluten-free bread honey i don't okay you yeah, don't have you to know eat what? it here's the thing i'll we bring shall my own certainly supplies. try it let's try it with your stuff and try it with yours no because if yours doesn't work out, I'm going to feel so bad. Oh, please. Whatever. No, we should both try it with your stuff. Uh-uh. Yeah. I'm just going to use regular cheese. Okay. Yeah. I've, I and literally then Jacob Friendly che- Bread? Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's the big one. Okay. Dairy is like lower on my threshold of dangersome. Well, Wheat we, got, is the one we have like, two bathrooms here. Right. So, fine. and I'm, I kind of believe that I'm, it's, there's been a more years than i care to admit that i'm pretty sure i also have lactose intolerance you know i was reading the other day that our bodies can develop an intolerance that just from the sheer amount of dairy that people consume like drinking a glass of milk or more a day as kids not really great for you so thanks big milk and the only time oh it was oh have you ever gone into the history of that got milk franchise okay check that out sometimes kids if you get bored fuck google that that shit that is a wikipedia it's gonna make you rethink how many of those got milk posters you saw in your elementary school they were anywho yes sorry considering that like i don't really eat milk anymore unless it's Mm -hmm. in cheese or mm-hmm. in my macaroni and cheese, or <laughs> in a cake that I bake, right? <laughs> right? When I eat a bowl of cereal, which is a rarity, mm-hmm. I am running to the restroom in about 15 minutes. Oh, dang. Like lactose intolerant. That is not bueno. No, but it's because it's I'm eating, an, you know, it's ju- a yeah. cup and a half of milk. Right, that's a lot. my body's not ready for. Nope. And that's a stress on my insides, Jacob. It sure is. It's also a stress on my toilet paper budget, Jacob. Well, you were telling us about that bamboo p- toilet paper. It's more expensive. I know. But it's good. And <laughs> it I like it. It is good. It's better for the environment. What do you say to a quick break? Okay. That's and fine because then... my bladder is saying hello. My bladder is under stress. Hello. Oh, one other thought. Yes. So we can move on af- from this and not talk about it after the break. Diarrhea, super common stress response. Diarrhea, cha-cha-cha. Diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't. <laughs> oh my God, it just hit me. What? Linda. 
going down the gutter like a slice of bread and butter. Diarrhea. Diarrhea. So that's a different song. This is a childhood thing that we used to sing all the time. What? When you're something and you're something and you feel like you're uh, diarrhea. Diarrhea. It's a childhood song. That sounds vaguely familiar. Well, it's like your Linda one, but different. <laughs> so any Hoosiers, when we come back, I think what might be good is if we talk about how you and I manage. deal. Okay. Manage. That's a better word. Stress. Deal. No, deal's fine. And then maybe how to identify and help a friend who might be stressing. Yeah. Grab them by the shoulders and shake them real hard and say, are you stressed out? Never, never shake my baby. Well, don't shake a baby. Babies don't get stressed. What? That's a lie I'm calling you my baby. Aw, yeah, don't shake me. No, well, you just told me to in the things that no, you I just told said. told listeners to shake their friends. Oh, <laughs> yes. Because what's good for the gander is not good for the goose. <laughs> I'm inciting violence with our podcast. Once you, this is a song that I have on my playlist. Incite the violence. Turn it down. Okay, I really nope. have to pee. Let's go. Bye. <laughs> So, here we are. We're back. And we are gonna talk about how we each individually deal with stress. One way I deal with stress is by eating gluten-free pizza that I just found out I don't have. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Because you had mentioned it earlier, like, hey, didn't I leave a pizza here? And I went, there is a pizza that you brought over here. Yeah. He went, okay, I want to take that home. And I think right after you said that, somebody else started speaking or something drew our attention elsewhere. Mm Because I was originally going to tell you earlier this evening, Mm -hmm. like, I don't believe that it's a Jacob Friendly pizza. (laughs) You were just hoping I would forget about it. No, because I looked (laughs) at it, you know, because like I open up the freezer to get ice out pretty often. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, whatever pizza this, because I still haven't like looked at it thoroughly. Sure. But I saw pineapple and chicken on it. Yep. And then I saw that it's like a thick crust and I went... Gluten-free crust doesn't come in no, thick crust. I was like, this can't be a Jacob Friendly one if that because that thick, that thick crust. Mm. Ooh, two C's thick. <laughs> no, you're right. I totally forgot that. Uh, There's nothing. I had brought worse. two, but one yes. of them was for our other friend who can have gluten and. There is nothing worse than like banking on a food option though and, and like thinking about not. it and uh-huh. wanting it and planning the night around that yep. and then it being taken away. There have been multiple times where I was at work all day and I was thinking about the food mm-hmm. item that I could not wait to yes. shove into my face hole <laughs> yeah. as soon as I got home and I would get home and it was gone. Uh. And I cannot tell you. <laughs> The sour Melissa that I turn into when I no longer have a food option that I've been thinking about all goddamn day right. available to me. Uh-huh. Yes, I'm going to DoorDash what I want, and it's going to cost me $56. And I'm doing that just in spite. <laughs> just in spite. And why do I do it in spite? Because it's my goddamn baking account. It's not like it's, you know, it's not It's not good anyway <laughs> of the imagination. So I'm sorry for that. It's okay. I, I literally am going to zip up to... Actually, I think they have them at Walgreens now. And so that's oh, a little boom, bit closer. Oh, boom, shakalaka. So it'll be Okay. Fine. So besides eating gluten-free pizza, how else do you manage? Honestly, one of the best ways that I have found in recent years to manage my stress, like, 
Okay, so we talked about mindfulness earlier. So like big picture stress, I love to sit down and play one of my video games for just like an hour or two. Now, sometimes I do get sucked into them and play much more than that. But when I have had like a really tense day at work, like just a lot of really difficult emotional i mean i'm a therapist like there are days where it's like everybody's stuff gets brought up at the same time i don't know if it's the full moon or what or if we're all just i'm just at the same point in their progress or like i don't know but sometimes it happens where it's just like a whole there doesn't always need to be a reason to the rhyme no that's yeah that's exactly right sometimes that's just where clients are at from back to back to back to back to back and even though I went into this field specifically to be with people in those moments. I'm not there for, I mean, yes, I'm obviously there for the successes and the happy feelings and the good that comes at the end of therapy, but truly and really my job is being with people in hard times. And that is a stressor. And I I don't want anyone out there to misunderstand me. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to be that person It truly is. That's why you are perfect where you are. And I know that for my own well-being, for my own ability to then go back the next day and provide that care to more people, I've got to do something. For you. For me. For you. To alleviate that stress. Because obviously I can't talk about like, you know, if you have a shitty day working at a a hotel. Maybe you're a bank teller. Yeah. Yeah. You can go home and complain to your partner or your friends about, you know, some jerk at the drive-thru or whatever. I don't have that. Like, I have to protect people's information. And privacy. And privacy. And confidentiality because they deserve that. Yes. Yes. Um, So I really don't have, I don't have that as an outlet. Mm. Um, So for me, it's, it's video games. In the moment, though, when I have, when I recognize, like... So you talked about like your brain starts whirling around and you get very negative and, and it just feels like the slug is on cocaine. Like yep. I was picturing as you were describing that, I was picturing like a slug who did cocaine and then a stole snail. A, a snail, not yeah. a slug, um, and then stole a NASCAR, like race car. <gasps> they made a movie of that. <laughs> yes, they did. Turbo. It's so cute. Oh, I never had the inkling to watch it ever. I didn't either. I don't remember why I even watched it. I watched it with somebody. It's super cute. Okay. Um, so for me, it's not necessarily like that. I start getting into like off in the weeds planning, like trying to anticipate, like catastrophizing, like you said. But like, with a plan. Trying to anticipate everything. Well, that's, that's helpful catastrophizing. I've had to train myself to do that because otherwise it's just worry and worry without a plan is futile like it's just yes you're you're stuck in a loop you're worry planning if you are worried and you can make a plan and then let the worry go that's how you or at least say if it comes to this because you're not letting go of the worry but you're understanding the worry is there and I and I have a mode forward. I know what I'm going to do for it if it comes around. If it comes around, that's okay. So I try to catch those okay. thoughts because I whirl too. Like I I call it my my worry cycle or my worry spiral rather. It's like a gravitron in my brain. Uh, did you ever go to Waterworld in Denver? Have you ever been there? Or I like have a gone big water to park? a Waterworld. 
Okay, so there's do not remember it. Like at water parks, I just remember there's like this big like funnel where you kind of like zoom around the funnel and and then like drop through a hole in the bottom. Oh, like into an inner like in an inner tube or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So I've seen that, those things. That's how I feel like my brain is when I'm really stressed. Like I am. I start big picture cycling or looping and then i slowly funnel down into and here Manageable are things the that... most terrible ways that this is going to go oh shoot oh yeah oh. No, i start big like and then i focus in on oh. one really awful outcome Balls. so what i have to do is like i literally have trained myself to talk myself through it and say <laughs> and this is a therapy technique so it's one that i learned but it's also one that i teach called decatastrophizing where you kind of grab that worried thought and you identify what the worry is okay so i i like to imagine it with like a butterfly net like we're catching the actual worry that has all of this gunk attached to it we're gonna get the actual worry figure out what that is am i worried that people are gonna judge me am i worried that you know the situation is going to end up with me getting fired like because our brains are spinning out, mm-hmm. so there's a whole lot of well, other stuff. And everything is interconnected, yep. is understandable. Yeah. So how do we, yeah. So if we can kind of find where that worry started, and then only give ourselves two options. What's the very worst possible outcome? What's, or three options. What's the worst possible outcome, the best possible outcome, and what's most likely? And then, okay, so if the worst thing does come to pass... Will I be okay five hours after? Will I be okay five days after? Will I be okay five weeks, five months, five years? Ooh, very great questions to ask. Because it can feel like the end of the goddamn world. Yes, now. But if you're able to pause and step back a little bit and, and get that like... God, I'm going into therapy brain. Yeah, you can of get course. That, like, That's the thing. I do fart jokes. You do therapy brain what we call wise mind where you're thinking with your emotions and you're honoring and validating your emotions, your worry, because that's there to serve a purpose too, but also include the logical rational side of your brain. If you can use both of those and, and look at it from a wise mind perspective of, okay, yes, I feel this worry and I'm capable of handling this. If I can pause and take a step back, take that perspective shift to before my whole body was activated that typically helps alleviate that and then we can say okay what's the next step that i need to take right now what's something i can control what's something i can do so for you today that's it was, the big thing to say what can i control what can you control for you it was getting in touch with the person that you knew would be able to help with that problem yes that's the one thing you could control yeah the whole situation out of your control. It was plopped onto your lap and said, and somebody said, fix, fix me, this. Or I'll be mad at you. Yeah. yeah. So when you're talking about this, one thing that I'm realizing is that involves something that I'm not great at, which, which is, is holding an internal conversation in my brain for longer than a super short span of time. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about asking yourself these questions, mm-hmm. I can't do that internally. I, mm-hmm. I have to have it externally auditory. Yep. So when people say that they might talk to themselves, when it comes to things like that, that you were just explaining, I truly have to speak to myself yeah. out loud. Yes. Because if I'm just in my head, 
I will allow my brain to slip past three sentences. Right. And then it doesn't hold its weight. Right. Because if I'm truly speaking the words, then my brain has already thought them, Mm -hmm. my mouth has already moved them, Mm -hmm. and my voice has already been put out there, and my ears have heard them. So it's a cycle. Yes. So if I, something like that, I would not be able to do internally. I would have Mm -hmm. to be speaking to myself and i've done such without such a uh, a graceful and thought out way of dealing with things i'll send you a worksheet i don't want a worksheet <laughs> I'm hor- no i'm just joking i'm I, not going to do that one of these days i want to talk about a realization that i have come to about me personally especially with you as my best friend okay and it's not something that i'm quite ready to deal with yet okay okay but i think that i would like to talk that through with you sure yeah you already have an inkling i bet no because you're my best friend i am your best friend and i always feel like you're reading my brain sometimes not that you're reading it but that my brain is directly beamed into yours is what i should say (laughs) yes (laughs) you have the chance to either subscribe or unsubscribe (laughs) (laughs) subscribe always um no, I think it's just that I know you well enough at this point. I can tell when, when something's getting to you. And and it's something that's real, too. Because I think yeah. that we know, like, when there's a surface level mm-hmm. irritant or stressor, or a... we know we know that level. Totally. And we have both seen each other where there's something that's deeply, like, belly button level of yep. that's how deep it's going. Yep. And we... What I love is that we don't call each other out on it. Mm-hmm. We allow each other the time and space until it's the layers are thinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's not that we're going to share it. This is something that we both do. We won't share it right off the bat. But oh, no. when those layers are thin enough and we see something, we'll gently nudge each other right. in the kind and thoughtful ways mm-hmm. that we do to share deeper. Because obviously there's something that you're not quite sharing fully with me that I'm sure is shit is going to be helpful to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love that. You're my de-stressor. <laughs> Honestly, you are too. No, yeah. For sure. Even like, so there have been times where, there have been a few times where I've, I think I've texted you on a stressful day too, even before the podcast, I think, where it was literally like, I know it's a Monday night. Can I, I just come over for like 30 life. minutes? Yes. And then like just being with you, just being with, someone that I trust so much and alleviate some of that worry and alleviate some of that stress like with no expectations and no worries yeah no judgment just to be a literal safe space tell me more about how we don't need them Mm -hmm. ugh Mm -hmm. yeah and I think sorry Mm -mm. I hope I'm not getting ahead of you but I think something important that I want our our listeners to hear is that when you do see those tells in a friend, yes, there's not even necessarily something that you actually have to do. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's often, at least for me, I feel like I have to do or give or provide Try something. to fix, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I try to fix it. And sometimes, I would say almost most of the time for grown adults, oh yeah, you don't have to do anything. You Just don't have to try me. to fix. Yeah. Because- we're always on our own roads of fixing right. ourselves how we would like to be fixed mm-hmm. and and or how we're comfortable in being fixed, I should say. Yeah. And it's not up to us to decide how that person should manage that situation. Yeah. We can listen. We can answer questions and give advice if asked 
or not. Or just show up. Or just show up just, and be there. Just allow that safe space of, you can obviously tell that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And just being together. Yes. Might help that. Unless it's in a situation where like, there's obviously like some abuse happening or some right. other true detrimental hardship happening where like intervention needs to be had. Yeah. Yes. Besides that, like, if that person just needs a safe space to be where it's quiet and they know that they're loved, allow them that. Mm-hmm. Allow them that until yeah. it feels like either they are ready or it's a different kind of a feel to where maybe you could gently bring it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And something I have to remind myself in that same vein is that when I, and and this is for me, I don't know who needs to hear this to quote the you famous probably meme, but it's not fair to my friend if i come in and decide that i know what's best for them mm. it's not my place to say mm. like let's say because even though you and i know each other really fucking well oh, yeah. we will never know each other absolute of course that's not possible like my dad uh recently changed jobs and he was like well what would you do in this situation like would you choose x or would you choose z and i just said dad there isn't a a wrong choice like they're both good options there isn't Mm -hmm. a bad option here and i can't i can't question your intelligence or question your goals or question your values and i don't know all of your wants and needs and what you're finding fulfillment in or what you're finding lacking right like there's so much more internally that we all have going on whether we're fully aware of it or not that i feel like when people do try to go in and and problem solve without being invited to problem solve we're kind of unintentionally sending a message that i don't believe that you can handle this so i'm going to take this over for you Okay. Yeah, I can I can see that. Not all the time, not in every situation, but no. I certainly think that that's a possibility. Oh, for sure. And has it happened? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Can I tell you the other day, hmm. a random thought that slapped my brain uh, was that I realized, I know there have been some times when I was short with you, hmm. towards you, not at you, but like, I know that sentence doesn't make sense, but to me, there is a differentiation. Mm-hmm. No, Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was short in the moment and it wasn't directed at you. I was just rather short and it was a response to something that you had said. And I realized in our friendship, I don't remember ever hearing you be short, like, uh, in relation to some me being around you. I don't remember that from you either. I, I... you don't remember it because it festers in my brain all of the time. Seriously? I yes. have no idea what you're talking about. I remember about. the times when I gave a short response, like a uh, response, and you were so gracious towards me. And I think about it all of the goddamn time. I have no memory of that. Oh, that's very sweet to hear, but it doesn't help me at all. Sorry. <laughs> I'm no, so, I'm so angry at you. I'm holding me. a grudge against a to natural response. To hear that response. you can't recall it. But that slapped my brain the other day. And hmm. so that was another thing that I have been stressing about, P.S., by the way. Really? Yes, because I, f- I felt less than as a friend. And, and, and I know it will only be momentary because there will come a time when I and my brain will coincide and realize that I should stop letting it fester and I should stop worrying about it and realize that it's not a thing. Yes, that moment happened mm-hmm. and it went by. Yeah. And there was graciousness granted towards me and that moment. 
And if you had found issue with it, you would have spoken to me about it. Yep. Because that is our friendship level. And that's what I would expect. That's what you would respect. And so I will find a time to let it float off into the ether. I think most of the time when somebody's short with me, I don't personalize it. I don't assume that it's about me. That's something I have not been able to conquer. That's taken me years of being screamed at by hotel patrons, by Mm. passengers on airplanes. Like it's almost like a, at the time it was like a a hardness, like a shell, like a hard spiky shell that I had to grow. But I realized I didn't like being hard and abrasive in response. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't even know how I did it. I just, I remember, like I distinctly remember the day I made the choice that I wanted to be soft and sensitive like I was when I was a child. Like, yeah, I cried at the drop of a hat. But I didn't have to own because you were feeling other people. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't have to turn off my feelings to not feel so vulnerable to all of those little instances that happen. I mean, so so for me, it's I have this sort of mental, I don't know if you want to call it like a mental barrier or a mental boundary or something. But like, if I know I've done something that like triggered that shortness, I have the self-awareness oh, to say, yeah. oh, yeah, nope, that was on me. Or at least I hope I have the self-awareness. Maybe I don't. Um, and then otherwise, like, if somebody is short with me, like, I, we have a friend who was pretty gosh darn short with me recently. And it really stung me because we were in a situation where it was very unwarranted. Like, I had just asked a question. But the response didn't match, like, the conversation we had. Like, it was very out of place okay and i was like oh god what the fuck and i snapped back and then immediately was like whoop hang on hang on self they're going through something keep that in mind that response had nothing to do with you that response is going is because of what they're dealing with internally that got activated by this conversation or brought up and and it's it's their stuff it's not my stuff very that's such an absolute treasure to be able to know understand and let that go it's something... to, to be able to grant that grace mm-hmm. towards other humans it's a skill like it's something you it have to totally practice is. It's yeah something you have to learn and practice and recognize what your vulnerabilities are yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's tremendous yeah so when those things happen if there's something going on like i don't know let's so i i remember being kind of short with you and maybe we cut this i don't care but like when we did thanksgiving 2020 there was something like i had like three things that i was trying to think about and you just asked me an innocent question and i responded abruptly and i think you just knew like yeah so if somebody if something like that happens to me i can brush that off as like okay probably not about me look at the situation there's a lot going on like unless something is said that i like unless it's brought Mm -hmm. to my attention that i did something I'm just going to assume it had nothing to do with me. I will say the only time that I actually feel that comfort to be able to grant that grace is with you. Mm -hmm. Even if it's my own parents or, well, no, I shouldn't say that as if there's like some magical grandeur about it. I don't have a super fucking tight relationship with my parents. I don't. Mm -hmm. I love them. They love me. We're fucking good. I adore them. I will always be there and they will always be there for me. But I don't know them like I know you. Mm Mm-hmm. That's and fair. When you brought it up, it kind of hit a little reminder, or maybe that's just my brain trying to connect because it wants to. But from you, 
I would always know that that's not directed towards me. Because yeah. we would have fucking talked about that shit we beforehand. We sure would have, yeah. Anyone else, I will sit and fester and stew about it. Mm. Or if I do it to you, like You're I just sit mentioned, and I'm and sitting and fester and I'm, and I'm making a, a guilt stew if you'd care for a couple servings. No, thanks. I've had my fill of guilt stew. Oh, well done as well. That response <laughs> could not have been better. So, yeah, I think maybe because if we get into what I do to help relieve stress, my answers are either going to be hanging out and speaking life through with you, listening to music, drinking and eating. Two of those things are healthy. One of them, dear listeners, I hope that you always know that we can be a space that you can talk to Mm -hmm. as well. We might not even really know you personally, but this will always be a safe space. This will be somewhere that you can talk to someone about something if you need it. You literally could come up to me on the street and say, hey, I recognize you. You're that guy from the podcast. And I'd say, yeah, hi, how are you? And I'll have a conversation with you if you want. But if it's heavy, ask if he has some space. Yep. And he'll call you when he does. I'm not going to be your therapist. Yeah. But I'll be there. Or he'll just call me and I'll come and sit and listen with you. We'll get you taken care of. For sure. Otherwise, yeah, it's music and it's... Losing myself in emotions in music. Hmm. It is feeling all of the feels. Because truly, I may have said this on this podcast before, I perform for three quarters of my life. Like, Mm -hmm. I am always performing for somebody else. I am somebody else's Melissa. Mm -hmm. So in this small portion where I get to be my Melissa, there's a lot going on there. Of course. And usually I try to, unless it's you, people don't really see me be truly emotional. Mm -hmm. They're in bed or they're gone or I'm by myself, you know, and it will be with music and I'll do whatever I need, whatever I'm feeling. And usually it's not like a healthy cycle. Like I'm not choosing to listen to uplifting music. I'm going to listen to whatever I'm in the mood for. Mm -hmm. And it's going to drag me into those emotional chasms. Mm -hmm. In whatever way it is, if it's anger, if it's sadness, if it's angst. Hmm. And I will sit there with that music and those feelings for probably could be like there have been nights where it's been up to like three hours. I will just sit and listen to that same vibe of music. But eventually I will feel that the energy on that wavelength is tired out. You get the release. And then I will, yes, yeah, but it doesn't feel like a release. It never feels like a release. Hmm. It feels like I'm done oh. with that. Okay. It doesn't feel like a release. It's just. It's enough. not an easing of things. It's a, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Which to me is different than a release. Being yep. done. Yep, I agree. Is different than a release. Yeah. Um, so. Either talking to you, having those musical moments, or drinking, or eating. Those are my modes. Mm -hmm. Not always healthy, not always great, but they are mine, and I've made it thus far. So here I go. Here we are. Indeed. But also, Jake, besides the things that we have already mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what are some other ways that you have success in or have seen success shown in of just being able to be there or be helpful when a friend or a family member is obviously mm-hmm. stressed 
the fuck out. Correct. Like Kathy from the cartoons. Remember, my mom <laughs> used to love her. Yeah. Ack! Yeah. Check out Ack Cast by J.B. Loftus. Oh, boom shakalak. Uh, such a good podcast. Really well done. She's a wonderful, wonderfully intelligent researcher. Anyway, that's a little plug. Um, I think offering like if if there is a lot of very tangible things that somebody needs to accomplish, like a task list. What can you help with on that task list? And are they open to having that help? And sometimes, honestly, if it's straight up things like, I need to vacuum my house. I need to do this. I need to do this. Mm -hmm. Come over, especially if you're a decent enough friend to go over to their house. Right. Just start doing it. Yeah. Just do it for them. Just start doing it. We've talked about that before, I believe. Yeah, we have. Okay. Yeah. It might not be perfectly done. It may not be the way they typically do it, but it's it's done. It'll be at least halfway off of their to-do list. Right. Which is a less yeah. amount. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Mathematics. Um, I think when it comes to offering that help externally, I feel like I'm kind of lacking guidance. But internally, when you're the one feeling that, truly, unless you are a first responder or a trauma surgeon or something like that, most likely taking a pause for two seconds or three seconds will not be life or death, literally life or death. Two or three seconds will feel like five or 10 minutes, but it's not. It's not. Don't let the cocaine fueled snail trick you. Taking those quick moments are good. I don't know if, if our listeners would be aware of this because we typically edit out pauses, but often when I'm speaking with someone, especially about a difficult topic, mm-hmm. I will pause before I respond. And it's not that I'm planning my sentence. Like I've tried that to like plan out what I'm going to say. It's like, like it, it, like you were describing, like it just kind of falls out of my brain as soon as I start to think really what it is, is I'm. I'm paying attention to my breathing, just noticing it for those two or three seconds to just regulate, to just have that moment of, okay, that was a hard question. How do I want to choose to respond? Or, well, that really hurt. How am I going to choose to react? And that's something that's taken me literal years to teach myself to do. That's... Yeah. Because I used to be so reactive, especially when I was stressed. Mm -hmm. I used to be incredibly reactive. I would get very angry very easily. I didn't like being like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't like anger controlling me. Yeah. So learning how to find the peace in between the moments and remembering that I have to look for it and sometimes make it. Yes. Yeah. To me, that's the the biggest stressor, stress reliever rather that I can impart to anyone is in a stressful situation when the tornado is a house away and the cow is flying by and the oven is on fire and the dog has escaped and your car is getting hailed on and you pooped your pants not your, your favorite pants and your belly button is leaking and smelly oh no when all of those things are happening and cascading around you all at once and it feels like it's too goddamn much take a deep breath and not into your chest breathe all the way down into your tummy into your weeping belly button area into your weeping belly button area 
and then decide what can I t- control next? What step can I take? And even if that is taking a step while you're weeping, you're still doing it. You're still taking a step. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Baby steps are okay. Literally, if it's like laundry that has you feeling super overwhelmed because it's all dirty and you haven't taken a shower in a week, put five things in the washing machine. Or to the laundry room. Or even just into the laundry room. Yeah. If, If your stress level or whatever else is so intense, pick one thing, one task, as small as it needs to be. In flight attendant training, we were taught that during an evacuation, so the worst of the worst days where a plane mm-hmm. is crashing, you're trying to get as many people out as you can, give people a positive command, not a negative command. Yes. Do this rather than, no, don't do that. Correct. Take that, put it in your brain forever. When you are so stressed out that you feel overwhelmed, do one thing. And it's okay if that's just brushing your tooth mm-hmm. or teeth, preferably. But Preferably. if you can only manage brushing one of them, that's okay. Because that's be one thing your done. Brightest. And then you get to do the next thing. Breaking it down, slowing it down. Sorry, I'm going on and on. That's and on. okay. This that doesn't answer your question. But it kind of did. These are all of. things that are helpful. I would say the one thing, because you were talking about internal stuff. And the one thing that I was thinking about is externally, sometimes, you know, earlier we talked about you don't always need to be there to fix things, mm-hmm. right? We did. Right, right. And sometimes you don't need to fix things. Sometimes what's super goddamn helpful is just to hear, God, that sucks. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Fuck. That sucks. Yep. Just validation. Yep. Empathy. Don't need to fix it. Let them be heard and recognized. Holy fucking buckets. That sucks. And I'm here with you in the suck. Yes. I'll be here with you in the suck. And when you're ready to get out of the suck. But I'm here with you in the suck. Right alongside with you. And whether that's just verbally or honestly, some of the favorite things that have ever occurred to my person is when somebody would just say something as simple as that, that sucks. And literally just like hold their hand out for me to grasp. Mm -hmm. Because there's not much else to be said or done. No, but there's that connection. I hear you and I'm here with you. That's what that physical touch also says. Mm -hmm. I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. That man, that's a helper. And I guess if there's other things, you know, like if bills or whatever come up, being that person's personal ask Jeeves, like search engineering some shit that might be helpful for your friend. Yep. Those are things that are helpful too. Not tips as to what to do with stressors, but possible solutions to this problem that they are experiencing in a way that they might have thought not have thought of yet yeah because I'll, I'll tell you sometimes when i throw out a problem that i'm having and the way that you approach the problem very different. or the way that you think about it yeah, is different so different mm-hmm. than and i go same i would have never thought about that we say that to each other so often yes <laughs> so get yourself a jacob or just email us at bestfriendhoodpod at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at bfhpod on both of those places we're also on patreon at yes. patreon.com slash bestfriendhood and you know across the board if you see that beautiful green logo with the 
black lines profiles (laughs) of our face. That was done by Jennifer Bate. That's our logo. And of course, let me tell you, if you have a friend and you know they're stressed out, share that they can listen to this episode on... We are on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more to come. And if you're going to share by word of mouth, if you wouldn't mind just taking a hot second to give us a rating, a review, and subscribe if you'd care to. That would be nice. Otherwise, once you've done all of those things, then remember to look inside yourself. You don't even have to do all those things. If you do all those things, awesome, awesome, awesome. But if you don't, that's perfectly fine as well, because you still deserve to know that you are loved. And you are worth being loved. And we love you. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Uh, That's how I end it. (laughs)